Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Welcome back for episode 88 of Lymphedema Podcast, sponsored by Juzo Compression Garments. Today's guest is a Juzo champion who physically and literally lives by his motto of process to progress. He was diagnosed at age 15 after rolling his ankle playing basketball. He later walked his mom through her lymphedema, who was diagnosed after breast cancer treatment. Dominique Rogers is a career firefighter and EMT in Connecticut. Dominique, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm happy to have you here. Usually when I have an interview, I've already pre-interviewed my guest or I know them in some way, but today this is our first chat and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to learn more about you and your lymphedema journey. I'm excited as well. I can't wait to start it up. All right. So can you tell us what it was like being diagnosed at the age of 15 after doing something you'd probably done a hundred times? playing basketball, but that one day, what was different? Um, so, like you said, I, it's, it's a regular day. I've been out know, played basketball hundreds of times. Um, went out there and I rolled my ankle and it started to swell a little bit when at the ankle and I went home, like, you know, let me go home. Didn't hurt much, but it just, it was swollen. But then went home, talked to my mom, said, hey, ankle swollen and, um, she just told me, you know, go upstairs, elevate it, put some ice on it. Did that. The next day, whole leg was swollen. Um, my mom, you know, looked at me like, are you in pain? I mean, I wasn't in any pain. It was just, it was just really swollen. Like, and like I, I didn't understand it. Uh, went to the hospital, probably stayed a week, two weeks in the hospital. Um, they've been trying to figure out what's going on with me. And um that year I got diagnosed with lymphedema. So when you rolled it, started to swell and you woke up the next day, how high up your leg did your swelling go? All the way up. The whole leg was swollen. The whole leg was swollen. And when you went into the it hospital, was... did they instantly know? Cause you said you spent a bit in the hospital for them trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Um, they, I don't know if they instantly knew or not. They were just running a lot of tests, MRIs, CAT scans, and other tests, and it was probably a week, week and a half that I was in the hospital, and they, and they've been, and that was that was that was it. It was just they let me know I had lymphedema, and I was going to have this for the rest of my life. It was a long time ago. Not calling you old, 
and now you're 15, so you probably don't <laughs> actually remember what I'm about to ask you, but do you remember if they ever did like a dye test, like lymphocentography or any sort of lymphography to check your lymph flow, or do they just kind of do the other imaging MRI and CAT scan and stuff? I definitely don't remember them doing the lymphography, um, just the other imaging that I had mentioned, like the MRI. Um, I feel like I would have remembered that. So after you were diagnosed, you go through treatment. Um, and I did, I had the chance to listen to your story, um, your interview with Amanda Sobe, and you talk a lot more about your treatment, what you went through, um, the place that was near you. Um, and if anyone wants to listen to that, I highly encourage you going to listen to that. It's on Amanda's IGTV on her Instagram or her website probably posted there too. Um, Something I think that's really unique about your story, and I want to give you the chance to share, is that you were able to later walk your mom through her diagnosis of lymphedema. What was that like for you? Because in my mind, so I have a little boy, he's one year old, and I know that when he's hurt, um, I want to do anything I can to take it away from him. And I know that you had also mentioned in that interview with Amanda that you and your mom were really close throughout your lymphedema diagnosis, you know, and having to give a little extra time and care to you, um, to manage your lymphedema and your skincare and all of that. So you two were already close, but what was it like for you to, in a way, be able to take her hand and give back and kind of support her the way she supported you whenever you were diagnosed with lymphedema? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, you know, being young, being, uh, you know, being a, a kid growing up, you know, your mom was like, you know, your she was your protector, you know. And, you know, as I got older, you know, I wanted to, you know, protect my mom, do anything for my mom, you know. And when she got diagnosed with breast cancer, it was it was hard for the family and everybody, you know. But we got through it. And in the, in those years, she they were discussing her options and how she had to go into surgery and had the surgery and it would affect her arm which would give her lymphedema and I would you know I, I wasn't too sure like okay is this is this really like is it really about to happen is she really about to have something to have her and I because I didn't know that that would lead to that breast cancer that that side effect from breast cancer could lead to that so um one day she came home after the surgery I believe I was coming from school or somewhere and she was sitting on her bed and she had her, her hand, her whole, her whole arm and hopefully her hands were swollen, you know, and she's like, she looked at me. So I'm just like, you now, you know, we cried and, you know, cause I didn't, you know, it's your mom. You don't want to see your mom like that. No one wants to yeah. see their mom like that, you know, but you know, we got through it. Um, we stayed, we were, we were a team, you know, as much as I didn't want to see her like that, I, I, I'd rather us work it through, work it out together. We were a team. Um, we stayed on each other. We stayed on each other about our compression garments, our um, compression pumps, um, about going to therapy. You know, we had the same therapist working on us. So um, it was great. I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't trade those times for nothing. As a CLT, I'm thinking that was probably a really special time for that therapist too, to be able to work with a mother and son pair in therapy. I, I can already, it brings to mind um, two sisters that came to me early on when I was a CLT and I would have one at a 10 o'clock appointment, have the other one at 11 o'clock appointment. 
And then they'd go off and have lunch or whatever for the rest of the day because they lived out of town and they'd kind of make it a trip to come in and see me for treatment. And I always thought that was kind of special. Like they could, they didn't feel alone in their treatment. And if they had a question, they could lean on each other, you know, for advice or information. And I think that's probably a really special bond that you and your mom had that there's really not a way to describe kind of like that level of connection when someone really gets it. Um, it's really nice when someone's a friend and they can get it. Um, so like your, your lymphoid dudes, Cam, um, and they, and Phil, they, they get it. You know, they understand that from being a young male, they understand the perspective of that, but even just going through that with your mom, like that's a, that's on another level. That's a different, deeper connection. I think that's a very cool, um, and, and in a way priceless, of course you'd, you'd wish your mom had never had it, but in a way, like that gave you more time with her doing treatment and going to treatment. Like those are moments that you wouldn't have had with her if she hadn't had lymphedema. Right. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I think about all the time. I'm just always thankful, you know, just, uh, you know, I was always, I was always a mama's boy. <laughs> you know, I was, she would call me her kissing bandit. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I give her, bring her flowers. You know, she always told me, you know, bring me flowers while I'm alive. Cause when I'm, when I'm gone, I can't see him no more. Um, and I always, and I always did that. And um, we are, we were already close, but that happening to us, it, it just made us even closer. I truly, truly believe that we often go through things in life that are really hard and really difficult so that we can better help walk our loved ones through the same situation. You know, if by chance they happen to go through that later, that kind of, it's not on the same level. It's a little bit different. Um, but a really long, like college friend of mine, um, she had a miscarriage and I had had a miscarriage about a year before her and she had known about it. She had known, you know, um, my struggles and just, um, I was pretty distant afterwards. Cause you don't really know how to talk about something like that. And I remember the day she called me cause I had prayed a lot, like, God, why did you do this? Like, why am I going through this? Why is it so hard? And the day she called me and she was like, I am so sorry. I didn't understand what you were going through at that time, but I just found out, you know, I'm this far along. We went for an ultrasound. There's no heartbeat. And it was in that exact half second before the words were even fully out of her mouth that I was like, okay, this is why I went through that. I was able to rationalize that loss because I was then better equipped to be strong for her in a way that no one was really able to do that for me. Um, I did have actually, I can't say that I had friends who had helped me walk through my first miscarriage too. And that was priceless for me. And I know that now having a, we had, we were pregnant at the same time and had our little, our kids, she had a girl and I had a boy. We're already deciding that they're going to get married. You know, like, um, you, you may know I have a, I have a knack for trying to set people up. I really, really yeah. like to play matchmaker. So, yes, yes, uh, it was interesting to be able to walk through that and have that bond with her. And it makes me think similarly to you and your mom that, you may have gone, you know, a while thinking, why am I going through this? Why me? But in the end, like that was really used as a way to bring the two of you closer and to give you 
that support system that she wouldn't have been able to really get from anyone else. Not like you get from having your own child help support you and be with you. Cause that's, there's nothing more comforting than that. Right. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and it's, it was, you know, she supported me so much, you know, and even before she had it, you know, I was pretty much in the dark about a lot of things with lymphedema. Um, I was only the young, only, I was only the young kid that I've known in my area that I've known that had it. I didn't see, I never seen a kid that had it or an adult that had it. It was just like, I was just by myself, you know, um, and to find out she will be one of the first people that I know on a, another level that actually gets, um, has lymphedema is just crazy. Like, you know, it's crazy how things turn out. I hadn't even thought of it that way that you probably hadn't, other than going into therapy and stuff, you hadn't actually met somebody else with lymphedema. Yeah. On the personal level, no, I haven't, I haven't at all. It's just, it's actually, just last year is the very first time I I didn't I didn't know the community was like that as well. The Olympian community was like um it was out there on Instagram, you know, until I posted something about my lymphedema on my on my page and then and now and here we are. Lymphedema Podcast is made possible by the support of Eros Medical, Ryland's Feet Foundation, Dr. Jenna Wishnu at Lamb Vascular and Associates, Juzo Compression, MediUSA, and the National Lymphedema Network. For more information and to browse previous episodes, visit the Lymphedema Podcast website. I know that you have to miss your mom every single day. It's obvious in just the way you talk about her and you have like admiration in your voice. I can just kind of like hear your love coming through when you talk about her and what a better way to honor her life than to fully be living out your purpose and your passion as a mother. I know I would want my son following his passion and his talents instead of, you know, getting lost in grief. Um, if, or when I'm gone and he's at, he's at a young age. And I feel like you maybe have channeled a lot of that purpose and passion into process to progress. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, I definitely channel a lot of things. I try to, when, when, when my mom passed away, I wasn't, you know, I was, you know, I was hurt, you know, things, you know, I didn't, I didn't accept it at first, you know, it was very, it was very, it was very like, wow, this really happened. Before then, my brother was killed. And then before then, for a few months later, my uh, grandmother had passed away as well. So, you know, we had three family deaths in the course of four months. Um, and I just couldn't believe it happening. And it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a bad time. 2014 and 2015 was a bad time and uh, for my family. But, um, and I basically was just one day after the funeral, I just kind of like blanked out. And the next thing I knew, it was like October. And like, I don't remember anything from, from after the funeral to October. Like, and so I wasted those months, like, wow, I was just in La La Land trying to figure out what's what. And I thought about like, you know, my my mom wouldn't, you know, my mom would want me to, you know, 
you know, get back on my feet, you know, make her proud. I thought about what I could do to make her proud. So, you know, I went back and got my, my EMT. I then I applied for my fire department that I'm with now as a career firefighter. And so, you know, all these things happened and I, I sat in bed one day like, wow, it was, a, it was a lot going on. So I really thought about like the process to progress. Like, you know, you got to start somewhere to get somewhere else, whether you're a basic EMR to a EMT to a paramedic, whether you're, a, a, you know, a, 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 a med student to a doctor, you know, whether you're anything, you have to start somewhere. You just, 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 you have, the process is going to be, you can't just skip the process. You know, you have to go through it, whether, whatever, whatever case may be, win, lose, um, stay consistent and you'll get through. That's how I started. That's how I think about process, progress, not just with my lymphedema, but with life. I love that. Um, and like I said, at the start of this, I usually know more about my guest. Um, and I didn't really know too much about process to progress. So like you're opening my mind right now to just that concept because you're right. Like you can't skip the prog the process to get to that point to show that you've made that progress. And there's, there's, I mean, there might be a couple shortcuts, but there's really no way around getting from point A to point B. You may be able to expedite a few, um, areas of it but for the most part you have to just go through it to get out in the end right and i love that you just go ahead i mean i i I wish i could like even in like when i was becoming a firefighter you wish i could switch i could i could i could skip the academy but you know i can't skip the academy because you know it's gonna be a lot of running a lot of push-ups sit-ups studying and sleepless nights and thinking overthinking this overthinking that and more running and running but you know all that I love the process. I love the, I love the process. It was, it was great. It got me who I, who I am now. So, um, yes, yeah, you can't skip the process. So in that process, you came upon Juzo, um, and you're now a Juzo champion. How is that a part of your daily life? Compression garments and Juzo garments. It's very, it's, I have to be, I have to be, I have to keep it consistent. I have to be very consistent, very consistent as far as um, wearing my compression garment, um, working out with my usual garment. Uh, it's a great, it's a great compression garment. Um, it fits like a glove. <laughs> um, but I feel like if you don't stay consistent with something, uh, you know, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't stay consistent with with things all the time but you know just always getting you always have to get back to it that's what that's what uh helps you with the consistency just makes you get back on track you know you may lose sight of things but always get back on track so what garments do you wear are you wearing just like custom thigh highs do you wear um like the boy short or whatever they're called like the boxer shorts um bike shorts right now so right now i'm just wearing the custom thigh highs right now Okay. And do you, um, do you do any night garments? Do you do any night compression bandaging or anything like that? I have a, I have a tribute, um, a tribute night garment. That's excellent for the skin and, um, keeping it nice and soft. 
And then I do um, bandages. I, I'm actually going back to therapy, my my therapist in October to start bandaging again to try to get the size down some more. Awesome. So those are things I'm doing. And I also have my, I also have my pump as well. Do you have a so single I, leg or like a pantsuit for the pump? Just a single leg. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and the pump is great. There's a couple of tricks you can do with just some stuff at your house um, and padding out, um, like maybe your ankle, or if you have a lot of swelling that kind of accumulates in that inner thigh right above your knee, um, there's just some stuff you can add in while you pump and it'll help to break down any fibrotic tissue. I mean, it also kind of helped to just get that trouble area down and then bandaging. Okay. I can't recommend enough um, bandaging to help with rebound swelling. Um, so rebound swelling for anyone who's listening that doesn't know, you wear a garment all day. Um, you wash it, you dry it. Um, and Juzo garments are really great because they actually want you to machine wash and machine dry them so that those memory fibers are reactivated every time. So you don't have to air dry them and just like hang them out at night. You can put them in your dryer and that actually helps to give them a little bit more oomph for the next day. So if you're wearing your garment and I mean, I'm just going to like use a pair of pants as an, as a, uh, example, like you get your pants out of the dryer. The first time you wear them, if you're a lady, at least they're pretty snug and they fit just right. And then you go out, you have a little fun, you go to dinner or whatever. And the next day or the next day or two, you want to wear the same jeans. You put them on, well, they're a little bit loose. And so we don't always wash our jeans after every time we wear them. So maybe like by the second, third time you've worn those jeans, they're actually kind of saggy. They really don't fit. They're not really like hugging your curves the way you want. But your garment is kind of the same thing that when you wear it, it is working really hard to maintain that volume and to keep that shape, but it has some give to it. And so a lot of times those fibers become tired and like stretched. And if you're not machine washing and machine drying, especially with the Juzo garment, it kind of loses its shape. And so this is where you get rebound swelling. So if your garment, you know, is fit just exactly for your leg, but then it stretches a little bit, it means it lets your swelling kind of rebound and fill out the space that's available inside that garment. Compression bandaging, if you wear it at night, it helps to eliminate and reduce that amount of rebound swelling because then at night when you're sleeping, instead of your leg being like free breathing and just like fluid free range, you're having nighttime compression that's moving that fluid up and out. So it's almost like when you put on your garment the next day, and it's, you know, been washed and dried and all that stuff you're getting, you're starting at the lowest level of volume and you're putting on that garment. That's going to keep you there instead of allowing just like that little room of swelling to kind of come back. And so over time, your garment starts to fit tight because then over time you've actually increased in volume, even though you've been compliant with a garment. So for anyone listening, I can't recommend enough the Juzo garments because that key feature of being able to wash them and dry them in a machine to get that full bounce back of the material. It's perfect. And it's really helpful, but also bandaging at night. We feel like, you know, as therapists, we recommend garments during the day, but we often forget to really hold our patients accountable, um, to bandaging or wearing something at night to help with that rebound swelling. 
even those really nice nighttime garments, like you were talking about the one you have, that's really nice and soft on your skin, adding a layer of, um, short stretch bandage, two layers of short stretch bandage over that. It's really going to help get that fluid out and really help break up fibrotic tissue, all that good stuff, uh, to eliminate that rebound swelling. That's my favorite vocabulary that. word, rebound swelling. I like to talk about it a lot. <laughs> That's good advice. I didn't think about the wrap under the tribute, wrap over the tribute. Got to do it tonight. Awesome. Good. I want to see a picture on your Instagram. Prove it. I got you. I got right. you. Um, Dominique, it's been really great talking to you. Um, I can just tell by your personality and just getting this chance to talk to you. You're a really cool dude. You're, you, you seem really nice and friendly and just genuine. Um, like you really want to help spread this message that you can't skip the process to make your progress. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about, um, you process to progress, um, I've seen a lot of these cool swag t-shirts tagged on Instagram. How can they get one of those? Where can we find you? What are all your social media handles? So right now you can, um, follow me, like share videos, post on, um, Instagram at the process at process to progress. And also there is a website, www.process2progress.com as well. Uh, you can find the shirts there, small, medium, large, extra large. Um, and you also, a percentage of the proceeds from the t-shirts will be um, donate, donated to help someone get compression garments as well. So, so far I've raised $1,500 to help someone get, to help three people, possibly three people get compression garments in my area. So um, just trying to uh, help people out and, keep them encouraged and keep, let them know that, you know, they're not alone. Awesome. I love that story. I love that you're taking, you're giving back from, you know, what you're already giving back by sharing your journey and sharing your story and helping to motivate and encourage, like you are already giving back, but now you're taking just, you know, some profit out of that and you're paying it forward. You're giving back and paying it forward, which I think is Really great, which is another reason why you're awesome and a rock star. Um, to clarify, process to progress, it's a two, like a number two in all of those handles, right? It is. All right. Do you have any final words of encouragement before we conclude our conversation today? Everything takes time and everything is a process. So, you know get it done <laughs> and thank you for having me i appreciate you having me on your platform as well you're welcome it's been really fun getting to know you and to hopefully um, help share and spread the awareness for process to progress um, i know that a lot of people already know you on instagram and social media so this might just help to help others who maybe aren't on the Instagram side of it, um, hear your story and listen to it and, and learn more about the good that you're doing. Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community with your journey for lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Dominique Rogers and his motto and his passion for process to progress. Email me with your story if you would like to share 
lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.